Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is a special episode. This is episode 32 of the show about the show and my third episode today. So thank you very, very much for listening along. I have a very special guest today. I have from KMSP TV. He does work for Channel 5. He also is the host of the wildly fantastic and super popular Scoop podcast. He can also be heard on 1500 ESPN. His name is Darren Doogie Wolfson, and he is going to come in, and we are going to talk twins, and we are going to talk Timberwolves, and he's going to give us the lowdown on a whole bunch of stuff. So we're going to bring Doogie on. How you doing, Doogie? Good, Devlin. How you doing? I wish I was still stealing paychecks from KMSP. I used to work for KMSP. Now it's KSTP. So somehow I need to find a way, though. If I could work for multiple TV stations in the same market, I'd really be fooling a lot of people. I already fool enough people, somehow, someway, (laughs) having the staying power of 21 years in this marketplace. I mean, at some point that is going to end. It probably should have ended a long time ago. But I'm telling you, if I could somehow pull off being on both Channel 5 and Channel 9, then we'd be talking. So I'll work on that. I used to be on Channel 9. I used to do a bunch for Channel 9 when I used to do some radio for KFAN. So I filled in on Channel 9. In fact, how about this? I mean, my most memorable, and it was a horrible day, but my most memorable moment at Channel 9 was the day that Kirby Puckett passed. So Jim Rich was out of town. I forget all the circumstances. Don Mitchell might have been on vacation. So I'm measly filling guy, you know, lead story, early news, lead story, late news. In fact, I think Jim was on his way to Fort Myers because Kirby passed in March, if I'm not mistaken. And Jim was on an airplane that day to go down to spring training to do his normal gathering of material for, for his Channel 9 job. And it was just, it was horrible timing and, you know, obviously a horrible story, but but, yeah, I mean, I was actually on Channel 9, and, you know, they had me all over. I mean, all the newscasts they do. I mean, back then they didn't do as many, but all the newscasts that they do, you know, and that was obviously the biggest story of the day, maybe one of the biggest stories of that particular year. So they had me all over. I'm just I'm telling you, I'm a measly filling guy. And I had about, who knows, I must have had about a, you know, 30-minute length of time uh, airtime that night on, on Channel 9. So, yeah, I used to be on Channel 9, but now it's Channel 5. And you, you'll have to forgive me, and this one might hurt a little bit, but I've been a uh, I've been a WCCO guy for my entire life. So. No, you're fine. You know what? I mean, the way the business is moving, I'm happy to hear that you watch the news. Seriously, right. whether it's us, mm-hmm. whether it's a competitor, you know, because to yep. me, you know, if you go back and, and we get all the numbers, all the ratings and all that, you know, unfortunately, over the last handful of years, you know, there's just so many different ways now to consume news that people sitting down to yep. watch, you know, the traditional five o'clock news, the six o'clock news, even the 10 o'clock news. You know, that's why you see yep. some outlets doing news at seven o'clock. Now we've been doing news at nine o'clock for a while, you know, because people sure. just have different viewing habits. But but just to hear that you actually watch the news makes me happy because I know a lot of people that used to watch the news that no longer watch. So that disappoints me as, 
as somebody who, you know, I mean, this is my livelihood. So I want people to watch the news, whether you watch us or don't watch us, as long as you're watching something, that makes me happy. Absolutely. Well, Doogie, let's uh, let's jump right in and let's yeah. talk some uh, let's talk some Twins baseball. So the big blow was uh, Jason Castro. He was going to go in and have a minor uh, knee operation done. Turns out it was a full tear of his meniscus, and he is out for the season. They have Mitch Garber as the starter and Bobby Wilson as the backup. Um, you know, they had Chris uh, Chris Jimenez is in Triple A Iowa with the Cubs. There's a couple other options out there. Do you see the Twins going out and making a move for a catcher, or do you think they're pretty satisfied with Wilson and Garber? I think more of the former. I think eventually they make a move. I don't know if they make a move in the next 24 to 48 hours. I mean, we might be talking, you know, a week or two from now. I can tell you, I texted with GM Thad Levine earlier today. He's with the Triple A team in Rochester. You know, he said, you know, he took the easy way out, the politically correct way out. He said, all options are open. Now, I ran a particular name by him, and that's what he texted back as well. So, you know, they're sure. they're kicking around some names. I mean, Boston is is full of catchers, right? I mean, you think about the three catchers they have. Blake Swihart has come out and said, hey, well, his agent has at least. Brody Schofield of, of the Legacy Agency has come out and said, hey, you know, come on, Dave Dombrowski, can you move Blake? You know, so I know that Blake would, would welcome an opportunity. He's from New Mexico. I know he's friends with Mitch Garver, not that that has anything to do with, with the Twins possibly making a trade for him, but, but that is one particular catcher that is available. I don't know if you need to bring in Chris Jimenez. I mean, where would you put – I mean, Bobby Wilson to me is fine. I mean, if you're going to bring in Chris Jimenez, just roll with Bobby Wilson. I mean, if you're looking for some depth now at, at AAA yeah. – you know, but I don't know if Chris Jimenez wants to jump from the Iowa Cubs to the Rochester Red Wings. I, I don't know what that would accomplish on his front. You know, so you could you could mention any number of of AAA options. But to me, if if that's what you're looking at, then to me, roll with roll with Garver and Wilson. You know, but there are a number of of guys available. I mean, Wilson Ramos is in the final year of his deal. The Rays are always open for business. You know, that's just me speculating. I can't tell you that the Twins and Rays have had any sort of dialogue. You know, the Marlins have a pretty good catcher that is available. You know, so there are guys available. So if they want to make a move, they can certainly make a move. They have enough minor league depth. You know, I don't think for a lot of these guys you need to give up a whole heck of a lot. You know, so if I had to guess, you know, educated guess, you know, just reading between the lines and what Derek Falvey told a handful of reporters, including my colleague Derek Wetmore earlier today before today's game at Target Field, then texting with Thad Levine, and I'm actually going to talk to Rob Antney tomorrow for my podcast. You know, so I'll certainly get down and dirty with Rob as much as I can, as much as he's willing to offer on the record. But but if I had to guess right now, I think they, they do end up bringing in a catcher from, from a different organization, and I don't think it'll be a guy that's triple that's A caliber. I think they'll bring in a guy that, that can unseat Bobby Wilson, and Wilson goes back to triple A. I was just uh, I was just kind of thinking that maybe you know uh, Chris Jimenez could take Phil Hughes' spot when yeah, he's well, a pitcher. Yeah, I mean I, I don't know what you do there. I mean that wasn't that wasn't Falvey and Levine who gave him that ridiculous contract extension. You know, unfortunately it was it was the previous regime. You know, and <clears throat> there was no reason to. He's still under contract for two more years. Remember, he had the one good year. I mean, he was fantastic. What year was that, 2014? Phil Hughes was phenomenal. He was still under contract for two more years. Remember, the Twins got him for three years, $24 million. When pitchers were getting absurd contracts, they still are, but 
back then they were, because he was coming off a poor run in New York. So to me, why would you extend him after one good year? You still had him under team control for two years. Why not see if the one year was a mirage, or if he puts together another good year, then it's a trend. And if the price goes up slightly, so be it. But to me, the Twins jumped the gun on that. I can't even say they panicked. I mean, there's no panic when a guy's under contract for two more years. They just they jumped the gun on giving Phil Hughes just a ridiculous extension. So at some point, maybe they DFA him. I mean, nobody's taking on that money. We know that. You know, so if they need that 40-man roster spot, I suppose they can they can do some things to to create that 40-man roster spot. But at this point, if you're Falvey and Levine and Molitor, I mean, I think you're stuck with him. I think he's in the role that, that he should be in. You know, long reliever. I saw he gave up another home run today. I don't even know if he's a long reliever. I mean, he's kind of just the last guy, you know, mop-up guy. You know, but, but with that contract, you know, I mean, you're, you're handcuffed in so many different ways. And, you know, I mean, we could even segue – Devlin to, to Lance Lynn. Like I've seen some people tweet at me or just suggest in general, oh, the Twins need to DFA Lance Lynn. I wouldn't do that. I mean, you're paying him the $12 million. The velocity is fine. Like, let him figure it out. He's got enough of a track record. You know, so, you know, I'm, I'm one to give guys that, that have uh, track records, you know, pretty long leash. But I think in Hughes' case, you know, I think – I think he's, you know, forget the beginning of the end. We're like the middle of the end of, of any sort of success he's going to have at the major league level. Well, and then that begs the question, too, you know, what do you do when Irving Santana comes back? And more importantly, what do you do when Trevor May comes back? There's two guys that the Twins want in the rotation in only one spot. What do you see happening? Well, I mean, I think Irving Santana has earned a right to be back in the rotation. So, you know, he can come off the 60-day DL, what is it, May 28th, May 29th, you know, somewhere in that vicinity. You know, so that's that's still a healthy, what, two weeks from now. You know, so, sure. you know, just as we try to think, oh, could they go to a six-man rotation? Watch, somebody will get hurt. Something will happen. You know, these things sure. tend to have a way of working themselves out. You know, but to me, Irvin Santana's got to go back in the rotation. So, I guess if, if the five remain as is, you know, and I guess if Lance Lynn strings together two or three more bad starts at that point, you know, I don't know if you can keep trotting him out there every five or six days. But, but if he puts together with his track record a, a good start somewhere along the way here, uh, I think, you know, open to, to six-man rotation. So, to me, Irvin Santana slots back in the rotation. And then Trevor May, I mean, I like him as a starter. You know, but it's not like he's proven a lot. You know, I mean, he's – He's, you know, the numbers at the major league level are fine in in relatively small sample sizes. You know, there's a lot of potential there, but he hasn't pitched in a major league game forever. So I I just, I I can't, for me, I can't just hand Trevor May rotation keys. You know, so to me, he's got to work his way back through the bullpen. But he can help him. You know, I still think there's a lot there. You know, so, I mean, that's that's a good problem, I suppose, to get those two guys back and, and figure out how they slot in. But I'm just telling you, for Irvin Santana, I got to put him right back in the rotation. He's he's done enough over the course of of his lengthy career to have earned that. Absolutely. Um, if if the Twins are out of contention at the trade deadline, do they move Dozier? You think they'll be out though? How many games left against the Royals, the White Sox, and the Tigers? Forty-eight, forty-nine. Yeah. Not that they all come yeah. before the non-waiver trade deadline, but but they'll certainly play sure. the Royals, White Sox, and Tigers a lot here the next couple months leading into the July 31st 
non-waiver trade deadline. I think it's still July 31st, unless they moved it to a different day. But, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't think they're going to be out of it. There's no, there's no proof that Cleveland is running away with this division. They have the worst bullpen ERA in baseball. I know Andrew Miller is now back, you know, but he's not back to what he used to be. You know, eventually I think that'll happen. You know, I'm sure they miss Brian Shaw, who left them as a free agent. You know, they got some guys hitting, but but they got some guys in the lineup that are scuffling as well. You know, there's some question marks about the number five spot in their starting rotation. You know, so, I mean, I really like the Indians heading into the year. But at this point, I don't think there's any proof to to say to us, okay, the Indians are going to run away with this division. So, to me, especially based on last year after the Twins were, what, you know, after they moved Kinsler and Garcia, what, you know, three or four games back with five teams to jump or four teams to jump for the second wild card, you know, after the, after the, the, the recency proof of that, you know, let's say they're, they're two or three games back of the Indians in the division. You can't sell, you just can't do it. You know, I mean, worst yeah. case scenario, you extend Dozier, the qualifying offer. That's a no brainer. And if he mm-hmm. finds the deal he's looking for somewhere else, you know, maybe that's the angels. Ian Kinsler's a free agent, right? Yeah, I was thinking about that last weekend when Dozier hit a couple home runs in Anaheim. I was thinking, you know, with his agent being based out there, I was just thinking, Brian Dozier in an Angels uniform makes some sense, you know, if the Twins don't want to pay yeah. him. Uh, yeah, but, does. you know, extend the qualifying offer, and, you know, worst-case scenario, you'll get a draft pick. It won't be a great draft pick. It's not a bad draft pick, but it's not as good as it used to be. But, but get a draft pick, you know, extend the qualifying offer, get the draft pick for Dozier if you don't want to pay him the money. But, but I would not trade him at the deadline. This is presuming that the Twins are not, you know, 12 games under 500, just go into a complete tailspin, you know, and Cleveland all of a sudden winning like last year, 20 games in a row or something absurd. That, that there is a belief in my mind that the Twins and Indians will be close enough come the end of July where it wouldn't make sense for the Twins to sell. The Twins don't have a whole lot of payroll um, committed next year and 2020. I know they have Pineda on the hook for te- for two million this year, ten million next year. I believe they have Phil Hughes on the hook for next year, and I think everybody else is uh, either qualifying offers, arbitration eligible, or a free agent. Um, do you see the Twins making a splash next year, especially if, you know, since they contend, they made the playoffs last year, and if they contend this year like a lot of people think they will, do you think uh, Falvey and Levine are going to make a splash? Well, define splash. I mean, if they extend Buxton, if they extend Barrios, if they extend Kepler, so if they get those guys locked in, maybe not even a team-friendly deal, just to get them locked in and they buy out, one or two years of those guys as free agent years. Would that be a splash? Or are you talking they need to go sign Dallas Keuchel or another really good starting pitcher? Well, just maybe somebody from outside the organization that could help them. Or, you know, like you said, too, you know, extending, extending, you know, contract offers to, to those guys and, and having them accept. I mean, buying out Rosario and Buxton right now would look like a very, very smart decision on their part because it looks like they're going to be – I mean, Buxton more defensively and Rosario kind of as an all-around player, but they look like they're going to be very expensive come free agency. Yeah, and those guys know that. I mean, the Twins made both those guys offers. In fact, I mean, I can tell you, the offer they made to Buxton was incredibly team-friendly. Like, my seven-year-old could have been Buxton's agent and told the (laughs) Twins, you're nuts. Like, there's no way we're signing that deal. But, hey, I mean – 
That's what you do. It's a business. It's not like these guys are going to be pissed off. I mean, the Twins tried. You know, I mean, the worst a guy can say is no. The worst an agent can say is no. You know, but in in the case of all those guys, Barrios, Rosario, Kepler, Buxton, and they even had a little dialogue with Eduardo Escobar, I was told. I don't know how far that got, but but they were certainly interested in, in extending a number of those guys. They made a number of those guys offers in the winter. And all those guys, as we know, said no. You know, but but I think that's something they could do next winter. You know, I just I don't know if they sign a Dallas Keuchel or another great starting pitcher. They made you Darvish a five-year offer. I know five was tough for them. That there is a philosophy internally that that five for a free agent starting pitcher is is awfully difficult to do. That there's a good chance on the back end, you know, you're going to get screwed. Yep. Uh, but they yep. wanted you Darvish that badly that they were willing to go to that fifth year. Uh, do they like Dallas Keuchel that much to go to a fifth year? I guess I would be surprised. And is Keuchel signing for four years in Minnesota? I would be surprised. Uh, I haven't okay. studied the bats, I guess, enough that are available. Uh, I mean, Dozier's going to be as good a bat as any. Uh, so I, I don't I don't know what that splash would be. You know, I mean, they got okay. Nick Gordon waiting in the wings. So, I mean, I don't think they're they're paying some other second baseman absurd money. Uh, there's still hope that Jorge Polanco, you know, will be good. I mean, heck, Santana rebounded okay from an 80-game suspension. It's embarrassing. Yeah. It stinks, you know, but they still believe heavily in Jorge Polanco, you know, so I don't think they're signing any any shortstop. You know, could they sign a third baseman with Sano pretty much being a DH slash first baseman? I guess I'd have to look at the third baseman available. I assume Josh Donaldson's available. I don't know. Would you do that? I mean, I don't know. I guess it comes down to – to term and money, but I guess I would be surprised. I, I think I think the surprise would be if if they sign an external free agent to you know a a four or five year deal at twenty to twenty five million dollars a year. But I do think they'll be active. I just I think it's going to be active with with the guys that are currently on the roster. Do you let's switch real quick? Um, I don't normally do this. I normally keep this as a baseball only podcast, but. Um, being a being a uh, lifelong Timberwolves fan as well, it's it was exciting this year to see them make the playoffs. I found something interesting on Twitter um, that you know that somebody had posted originally, I believe, on Reddit, and I just I want to read it to you, and I kind of want to get your thoughts on it. Okay. It says it says. Um, the person who originally posted it said, I have a good, the title is LeBron is coming to Minnesota, which is enough to <laughs> get, you, right. get you a, to get All you a right. down vote on, on, on there anyway. But yeah. the poster says uh, he has a good friend who works at Benilde St. Margaret's. He was told that representatives from LeBron James camp have contacted the school about LeBron junior enrolling there. Apparently, LeBron and Tibbs are still great on great terms from their Team USA, and LeBron is infatuated about the prospect of playing with and mentoring Cat, whom he views as a generational talent, and he also apparently loves the Mary Tyler Moore show and wants to move to Minneapolis because of it. Um, obviously, you know, LeBron's not going to move here because of a statue, but Talk to me about that first part because, uh, I mean, I, I kind of find that interesting a little bit. And that would be a pretty yeah. – you know, it's a pretty long shot, but, you know, it, it's fun to dream. Yeah. I mean, interesting is the way that, that you view it. Laughable is the way that I view it. And, hey, right. 
I'm sure that, that LeBron respects Tibbs. Yeah, I mean, there is that USA basketball connection. I'm positive yeah. LeBron really likes Jimmy Butler. I'm sure LeBron thinks that Carl Anthony Towns is – is you know a once a generation type talent or borderline at least you know once once in every five to ten year type talent. Uh, I still don't see him coming west. You know, I mean, last time I checked, Houston isn't going anywhere. Golden State isn't going anywhere. You know, sure. I can see LeBron changing teams. Uh, I just I I struggle seeing him moving to Minnesota. I don't think you yeah. leave your hometown team, the Cavs, to come to Minnesota to come to the tougher sure. of the two conferences. Uh, Absolutely. I promise you, if, if LeBron James's camp, <laughs> which would be his agent, Rich Paul, and some other individuals, yeah. if they had touched base with, with some Benoit St. Margaret's folks, uh, it would be out there more than on a Reddit message board. Right. It just would. And that's, and that's, right. It just would. And what? I don't think you'd be, I don't think you'd be making that phone call on, May 12th or May 13th leading into July free agency. I mean, that'd be something exactly. you would, you would do after you commit to a team. You would not be, you would, you would not be showing your card, showing your hand if you're LeBron by doing such a thing. Not to say that you couldn't reach out to other schools and other cities. I mean, if he's got his eyes on the Philadelphia 76ers, because I think Philadelphia is a good fit for LeBron. Uh, you know, I mean, I guess if you wanted to keep going with this, and, you know, just thinking about it logically, I mean, I guess LeBron's camp could reach out to a number of schools. So a school in Philadelphia, whatever the Benil St. Margaret school is in Philadelphia, you know, or Lower Marion High School, where Kobe Bryant went to high school. Uh, yeah. I'm just saying, though, you would not do that. You would not do that. And I don't even know if LeBron's kid's in high school yet or not. He might be like 6th, 7th, 8th grade. So whatever a good middle school is leading into a really good high school. But you would not be doing that in, in mid-May leading into July free agency. Sure. You would do that after. And, you know, I mean, Mary Tyler Moore, I mean, it just, it, it reads like a sketch, right? It just, you know, so I, you know, it's fun to talk about it. I guess it's good podcast fodder. Uh, but no, I, I don't see LeBron James coming to Minnesota, but can I see LeBron James changing teams? Absolutely. I can, you know, and I'm sure the okay. Wolves, I mean, heck, the Wolves won't be doing their job if they didn't try. You know, and again, yep. I'm sure he likes. I'm positive he likes Jimmy, he likes Tibbs, uh, he likes Towns. Uh, he may even say, "Hey, there's a lot more there with Andrew Wiggins, and if I go there, I can I can unearth that." So, hey, I'm sure there's about ten teams LeBron you know, looks at and says, "If I go there, that team's going to be off the charts good." So, hey, sure. Minnesota probably falls into the category of that. But I'm just saying, if if I were a betting man, you know, if if Sports betting was, was legal right now. If I could go to some, you know, convenience store near Canterbury Park or Mystic Lake and, and yeah. place a bet on LeBron James free agency odds, uh, I'm not placing any money on LeBron James to Minnesota. Now, uh, I heard some real interesting drama a week, couple of weeks ago. Again, I, I read it on Twitter from somebody who had said that uh, Tibbs Tibbs was so upset about something that he threw a computer through either a glass window or a door. No, yeah, I mean I don't even want to go there. Yeah. It's that's okay. BS. Sure. That's didn't okay. happen. I was at the facility okay. even on Monday for some link stuff. I can promise you there sure. were no workers patching together glass. I talked to some Wolves people over there. I just it's, it's not even okay. worth talking about. You know, and trust me, sure. I mean I've I've put some stuff out there myself. 
you know, um, sure. none of that stuff's been, been debunked by the way, you know, just some stuff with, you know, uh, Jim Peterson and, you know, alienating him, you know, and, and maybe the reason why Tibbs fired uh, developmental coach Vince LaGarza and certainly the, the general idea that there's, there's certainly some backbiting that, that is occurring over there that has occurred for a while, you know, that there's some people over there that, that just don't like each other. Uh, I think there's a divide in the locker room to a degree. Tibbs Chicago guys, non-Tibbs Chicago guys. Uh, so there's a lot of relationships that, that need mending there. But to suggest what you just suggested happened is idiotic, yeah. is asinine. It just it didn't happen. So I don't even want to I don't even want to say it. Uh, so we'll just leave it at that. That it's it didn't happen, and we can move on. Do you do you? I mean, obviously, I know this is the this is the year that Wiggins' contract extension kicks in. But uh, Zach Lowe, of, uh, who's a prominent NBA beat writer, he said he, he was on a podcast recently, and he said that he has a feeling something big is going to happen in Minnesota. Do you think the Wolves end up trading either Gorgie or Andrew Wiggins? Well, I think if they move Gorgie, I don't think that's what Zach is referring to. I, I think he was pointing more toward the idea of blowing up one of the big three. Maybe Jeff Teague. I mean, I guess if the Wolves moved Jeff Teague, that would be a pretty sizable move. I mean, I guess if they moved any of their five starters, just because the starters are always going to play a ton under tips, so even Taj. You know, so I guess that would be big. Uh, the general idea of moving Gorgie, though, I mean, that's that's not that big of a deal. Now, he's got three years, 45, 46, 47, 48 million dollars left on his contract. Uh, the issue is, I mean, I know teams. I can tell you, Devlin. I, I know teams that like Gorgie. I don't know one team that likes his contract. So the only way you're moving him is if you're taking back a lot of money. So I don't want to say, you know, never say never. I don't know that there's a real workable Gorgie trade that's out there. Maybe that sure. maybe that develops even, you know, heck, you know, all the teams right now are in Chicago, you know, so there may even be some, some trade rumors that, that come to light here over the next handful of days. Just when you have all the executives in one location, inevitably, talks occur you know so i'm not sure. dismissing i mean he's, he's not a bad player he's not a great player but he's not a bad player you know so you just you would have to take money back but yeah i mean they will explore moving gorgie jang i'm positive of that on wiggins i i think he'd be selling low you know i i do you know and i know there are okay. people that think just get rid of the contract i mean you're right the extension hasn't even kicked in yet five years 148 million kicks in next year you know, yep. but, but I think you'd be selling low. And what people seem to forget often is that the owner has to approve any trade. Now, the owner was convinced to move Rubio when he really didn't want to move Rubio. You know, but I, I would be surprised if Glenn Taylor approved an Andrew Wiggins trade. Unless you're getting a superstar back. And I just don't know why Toronto would move DeMar DeRozan for Andrew Wiggins. Uh, I don't get that at all. And by the way, DeRozan and Butler would be a horrible fit. But but if you're the Wolves, you would do that trade and just figure it out later. I mean, if you can move Wiggins for DeRozan, you'd do it. Uh, But I don't see why Toronto would do that. And I'm just saying any other possible Wiggins trade where you're not getting back a superstar, I don't know that Glenn Taylor says yes. So I see Wiggins here as of now, subject to change. You know, as we sit here and talk on May 16th, I think Wiggins is here next year. Uh, Gorgie will shop, so I guess we'll see. But I'm just saying, if if they end up moving Gorgie, you'll see that they're bringing back a bunch of money. 
Doogie, we got about two minutes left. Yes or no, do the Twins make the playoffs this year? By I will say no. I was I was all in on the Indians before the season, so I think the Indians win the Central. I've seen enough. I mean, forty plus games of a sample size is enough for me, you know, to sure. to say that you know among the Red Sox, Yankees, Astros, Angels, and potentially the Mariners and the Blue Jays, that that some combination of all those teams is is going to win the West and East and then capture the two wild card spots. So I don't think the Twins are winning one of the wild card spots. So their path to the playoffs is to win the Central. And I just lean a little bit in the direction of Cleveland is going to figure things out enough. But I think they'll be in it. I mean, I, I'm positive the Twins are, are going to play meaningful games later in the season. I don't think on August 30th, you know, we're going to be sitting here saying, what a wasted season. This last month is worthless. Why even play the games? Heck, I hope they lose for a better draft pick. I don't think we're going to be in that position in late August, early September. I just don't think the division is good enough, and I think it helps when you have 49 games left against the White Sox, Royals, and Tigers. So I think the Twins will play meaningful games, Devlin, in, in September, but if you're asking me whether they make the playoffs or not, I will say they miss the playoffs. Well, and you mentioned this earlier. Interesting interesting I, I stat I saw last night on MLB Network. The Indians have not only the worst bullpen in baseball, but the their bullpen during the month of May has an ERA of nine. Yeah, so, I mean, it actually wasn't that bad as of, well, I mean, even when the Indians were in Puerto Rico to play the Twins. It wasn't yeah. great at that time, but it was it was fine. And, yeah, I mean, the yeah. issue has been been here in the month of May. So I just I think with Andrew Miller now back, you know, that, that he's too good not to figure things out, uh, that the Indians' bullpen will rebound. He, you know, I agree with you, but he looks hurt to me. I mean, he's issuing he a lot more walks, and, yeah. and he, he he looks hurt to me. He looks like he's yeah. playing hurt. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'll, I'll defer to you. I mean, yeah. heck, I'm coaching baseball this month, you know, with so much other stuff yeah. going on. I, I haven't sat down and actually watched a full Indians game. I've not seen Miller. I didn't see him the other day or night when they lost to the yeah. Tigers. Yeah, I do have the baseball package at the house, so I try to catch as many games as possible. But, but just with my schedule, yeah. I end up watching a lot of late night games. Like I can tell you a good amount about the Angels. I can tell you a good amount about yeah. the A's, the Mariners, the Dodgers, the Giants. Uh, I like those nine o'clock start times when when the kids are asleep, when the wife's falling asleep, and then I'm a night owl, so I can stay up until midnight, one a.m. in peace watching baseball. But it's it's hard to watch Indians games when when a lot of their games start at six o'clock. I'm just not in a position to watch much of them. Absolutely. Got to be a dad first as always. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, Darren Wolfson, Doogie, I cannot tell you how much I appreciate you coming on my little podcast and hopefully helping me out. You are the man, sir. Ladies and gentlemen, you can hear Doogie on 1500 ESPN. Look for his scoop podcast on podcast one, iTunes, pretty much. You can find him on Twitter, Darren Doogie Wolfson. He is he is the man. Thank you very much, Doogie. Always appreciated. You got Devlin, and God bless with everything going on in your life, okay? I appreciate it. Thank you, sir. Okay, we'll be in touch. Yep. Bye-bye. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that was Darren Doogie Wolfson. He uh, he opened up the uh, he opened up the notebook a little bit there. You could hear him kind of talking about uh, you know possibly the Wolves making a move on Gorgie Dang if they. If they take a big contract back and you heard him say he doesn't think the Twins are going to make the playoffs. So 
and a little bit of Dozier talk as well. So very, very interesting from Darren Doogie Wolfson. He is the man. I love that guy. I love his podcast. Find it, the Scoop Podcast. Um, anywhere you can find a podcast, I get his podcast. I follow him on Twitter, but I also find him on iTunes, the podcast app. Ladies and gentlemen, that is all I have for today. I'm going to take a little bit of time off here to deal with a family emergency, um, but I appreciate you guys listening. Thank you very much. Give us a five-star review on iTunes. Follow me on Twitter, Devlin under slash Clark 84. You guys rock, and I will see you down the road in podcast land.